Bibles, uh, we're going to go to Psalm 121. missionary read it with his family before he got on the boat to go to Africa in the 1800s. Uh, in Judaism they quote and sing it at certain times of the year. Verse 4 and 8 are part of bedtime prayers. And if you have a physical Bible with you it may say something uh, at the beginning of it like a song of ascent or, or a song of degrees or something like that. We'll get to that later. Um, but it was a song written to be sung during a specific time and it was also written in couplets so two verses two verse groups and uh, when they would sing it or, or quote it the leader of the group the priest or whoever it was they would sing the first two verses recite the first two and then a group would do the other two and so on so julie and i are going to read it like that just to mix it up a bit so i'm going to read verse one and two she's going to read three and four are you ready okay I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall consume thee with God, let your anointing continue to work and flow like it has already. Um, anoint our ears to hear what you have us to hear and mouth to say, I pray. In Jesus' name, let your will be done in the rest of the service. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you'd like. We're going to read those again. I'm going to read it in the English Standard again. It says, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made it heaven and earth, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Uh, he will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever more. Um, I, I really couldn't come up with a good title. So we're just going to call this one The Lord. I'm just going to talk about the Lord. You might have noticed he, he appears quite a bit in this song. 
So the Lord, um, I'm just going to go, because it was written in twos, we're going to go by two by twos, like the ants when the rain was coming down to the ground. <laughs> I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Or another version says, I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So I lift up my eyes to the hills or to the mountains. And whenever Israel backslid and they started uh, worshiping other gods, it was not uncommon for them to build altars and worship other gods up in the hills, up in the mountains. Uh, the Bible talks quite a bit uh, about the high places. These places were dedicated to, to idols and um, people like King Josiah tore some of them down. Gideon did some uh, destructive work as well. But there, there were these places that people would build. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how it looked. But they would build altars and um, there was a sacrifice to all these other gods. And so the writer of this psalm, as he, he's saying, I'm looking up to these, these hills, the high places where, where the other people worship their idols, the other people worship their false gods. Where is my help going to come from? And so many times in our lives, we look elsewhere for help. He starts us off by looking to the hills where others are worshiping incorrectly or wrongly. He, he's re reminded that there were others who are not doing this the way that they should. Others were looking for help in the hills. Others were looking for direction or strength or provision from these high places. And there are so many people around us that are looking in the wrong place for what they need. And so many people are looking to uh, the false gods of this world for satisfaction, for help, for direction and instruction and all of that. And uh, you and I were like that once upon a time, I think. Uh, looking outside God, looking outside the world, looking elsewhere. And it's an easy thing for us to fall back on. It's an easy thing for us to do. The hills are there. The hills are big. The hills are noticeable. They're physical. You can see them. Look, you know, you can look to these hills and you can see the altars and the idols and the false gods. You can't see God. You can see the hills. It's easy to look. <laughs> to things we can see. Wow. Obviously. Right? That's how seeing works. You look at things you can see. And it's tempting when we need help or we, we need something. Uh, it's tempting to turn and to look to the hills or look to the world or look to the things that we can see or touch or feel. And he starts this psalm he says, I look to the hills from where does my help come from? And it has the potential to just crash and burn. As he's starting off looking to the hills, looking maybe to the world, and that never works out. But verse 2 takes a dramatic turn. And he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. <laughs> There's a surprise twist right at the beginning. We can look elsewhere. We can look to the hills. We can look to the false gods, the false teachers, false prophets. We can look to the world or philosophy or television personalities or celebrities, politicians, the government, doctors, lawyers, friends, family, self-help book, inspirational quotes on Facebook or Instagram. 
We can look to music or pleasure or substances. We can look anywhere else, but our help will not come from them. Our help will not come from that or those things. Our help comes from the Lord Jesus and Him only. We need to, as people of God, stop relying on everything else and start relying on Him and start looking to Him. He says, which made heaven and earth. He's all powerful. If He can create the world, He can help me. If He can breathe life into the world, He can heal me. If He can raise mountains, He can deliver me. If He can order the stars and put the planets in orbit, surely He can lead little old me where I need to go. Stop looking to the hills and elsewhere. Your help isn't going to come from the hills. Your help is not going to come from the world. It's not going to come from the government. A new leader is not going to save you. It'll be the same thing with a different name. Sorry. A new job isn't going to fix everything. A new relationship isn't going to heal a broken heart. More stuff isn't going to give you peace and joy. Entertainment isn't going to heal the pain. Another self-help book is not going to give you the guidance you need. Your help comes from the Lord and Him alone. And if He can create everything, He can surely take care of my situation that I find myself in. And I know that we know this, but it's got to get into our heart. We need to believe it and stop reasoning away. Maybe you don't do this, but sometimes... I'm guilty of this, trying to reason away. Well, you know, I know he can, but really I don't think, I mean, I don't want to bother him with this. Like, I don't want to, I want to ask for this. I, you know, I've, I've done this, I brought this on myself. I really don't deserve to ask for him to, I, I can fix it myself. I can, I can do it myself. You know, I can do it on my own. I got myself in this mess, I'm going to get myself out. Right? Anyone else? No. We need to stop that kind of thinking. Our help comes from the Lord. We can turn to Him. He's the one that can deal with it. He's the one that can fix it. He's the one that can deliver and help. No matter how bad the mess is that we found ourselves in, whether we put ourselves in there or not, He can, he can move and He can do what He needs to do. The Bible says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. The NIV says, Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. But the NIV says it this way, He will not let your foot to slip. God cares about every step that you take, every move that you make. He's concerned with your every step, your every movement. Proverbs 3 and 6, I've quoted this many times, but it says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. He, I talk about this all the time too, but he's leading us. This morning we talked about it. We need to follow the spirit. He's leading and he's directing. And so because he's doing that, he cares where you're going and he doesn't want you to slip or he doesn't want you to fall. And a lot of times I think we can get this mindset that God doesn't care about the little things. One little slip isn't, isn't that bad. You know, unless you break your hip or something. But you know, a, a, a little, that's not really a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But he cares about it. He doesn't want us to slip. He doesn't want us to fall. He, 
We only seem to want to bring our big issues to him. You know, the cancer, the death of a loved one, the heartbreak. And even then we can be a little bit reluctant. But he cares about every step that we take. And there's something to be said about a, a big God who cares about the small things. Because it's easy, it's easy to be concerned about the big things. Even if you don't really care about a person, you care about the big things. If you have any sort of empathy or compassion at all, you care when some, you hear that somebody gets cancer or somebody loses their home in a, in a fire or uh, they lose a family member or they go through a divorce or something happens. You care about these big things. But it's the small things that we struggle to care about. Do, I, do you care that I had a rough day today? Some of you may. Most of you tell me to suck it up and grow up as part of the whatever. If I got up here and told you how little sleep I have had in the last week, would you care? Would you be, you forget about it in the next five minutes probably. Myself too, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you know, would you care if I spilled coffee on myself this morning? I didn't, but I have in the past. Sometimes my mouth doesn't work. You know. If I struggle with a sin, maybe, maybe that one you would a little bit. Because of where I am. But, for the most part, it's hard for us to care about the little things with, with the other people. And it's not because we don't care about the person, it's because we are limited, right? We can't, you know, we only have so much energy and time and compassion and to give. We'd be overwhelmed if we had to worry and care and listen to every little detail in every person's life we're connected to, right? If we just be honest. I'm not saying you can't tell me you've had a bad day. I, I do care. But every little thing, it's hard for us to... You know, I've got four children, and there are some days they just keep bringing stuff to me. If you have kids, you know. They just keep... I hurt my finger. I bumped my head. I dropped this. She did this. She said that. Sometimes, I don't want to hear it. Sorry, Julia. She's the only one listening. Sometimes, I say horrible things, like, I don't care. Leave me alone. And, uh, sometimes I don't, because sometimes I've got stuff going on in my own self, and I can be selfish. I'm, no, I'm probably the only one like that. Here, no one else is like that, so. And I love these four folks. Wait till Felix starts telling me all his problems. Right now he just screams at me. But these are people that I live with. These are people that are very dear to me. And sometimes I just don't want to hear it. But God, he's not limited at all by anything. He cares about every single little detail every time you hurt your finger, bump your head, whatever. He cares about all those things. and I don't know if we quite understand that sometimes. We quite grasp that. He cares about all, he cares about the bad days. He cares about the struggles and the pain and the anger. He's not limited by, oh, I can only take so much stuff before I come overwhelmed. He's not, never overwhelmed. He cares about the, the anger, the questions we have, the doubts, the fears, the things that we don't talk about with other people. Uh, the worries, the anxieties. He cares when we're burnt out or, or we're tired. He, the Bible says <laughs> that he, he numbers the hairs on our head. 
That's all I'm going to say. He, he knows. He cares about the little things. <laughs> the little things for some of us. He knows you're coming and going. The Bible says, you know, he's watching. He cares. He's watching to make sure that you don't slip. He cares. And the Bible says in Psalm 121, he that keepeth thee. The word keep means to, to guard or protect. It's the same word that God uses in Genesis 2 and 15 when he tells Adam to keep the garden of Eden. And that means to guard, protect, to take care of, and to help it and cause it to grow and provide for it and work on it. And I've, we've had gardens a little bit, and I'm not the best at growing things. I really want to be. I have visions of living off the land. But there's just, this year was the worst growing stuff. Nothing seemed to work. Other years we have, but I've got a friend. He's in France. A missionary guy, Mike. I've told you about him many times. He's always growing things. He'll like go for a walk, and he'll see something cool that's growing, and he'll just take a little cut off it. Go home and start a plant somehow. Starts trees. I don't know how he does it. It just—he's got the touch. It just grows. Oh, I found this and started growing it at home and planted it. I don't know. I don't understand it. But like a like a good gardener, God is keeping us, and He's He's working on us, and He's pruning us. And even though sometimes that hurts, He's protecting and and. Removing things that need to be removed. He takes care of us in that sense. He keeps us. And the good news about that is he doesn't stop. The Bible says he doesn't slumber or sleep. And Felix is trying to be an awful lot like Jesus lately. Not slumbering or sleeping. See, you don't even care. <laughs> Just joking. He doesn't slumber or sleep. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't take a, a day off. God's not on shift work. He doesn't clock out. He's always working and always protecting and always guiding and leading and taking care. And a song says, even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when you're sleeping, even when it's dark and, and we can't see what's happening, he's still working and he's still keeping us. And I think that's pretty incredible. And it says, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. And, and just like he's constantly watching, it goes, or constantly keeping, it goes to say that he's constantly watching. Watching someone take some dedication. I, again, four children, trying to watch them all at once. Sometimes someone will do a thing that I don't see. Someone will hit someone. Yep, good times. We had junior camp a few weeks ago, months ago. I could not tell you everything that happened. There were so many things. You put 40 kids together, who knows? Things happen. We try. We try to watch, but you can't see everything. Things happen. People hit each other. People take things. I don't know. You miss it. But God, again, he's not limited like we are. He's watching over you and them and me and all of us. He's dedicated. He doesn't miss anything. He doesn't want you to slip. He doesn't, he doesn't miss a thing. And on one hand, that's comforting if you're living right. And on the other, it can be a little bit terrifying if you're not. But he's protecting you, the psalm says, from the sun and the moon. And to us, most of the time, the sun is nice. In St. John, where I grew up, that was a rare occurrence. 
and we saw the sun and it was a welcome sight. Summer was a good week. <laughs> but to these people living in the Middle East, the sun was a dangerous thing. It's incredibly hot, it's uncomfortable. The sun is the most powerful source. But yet, here is God protecting us from the most powerful force in, in the universe other than Him. And if He can protect us from the, the sun, what can harm us? If He can protect us from, from the sun, what's a little sickness or a little pain or, or a heartache or opposition or any, any of these other things that come our way? What is all that if He can protect us from the biggest thing? And we know, you know, we know all these things, but sometimes I don't know if we actually get it in, in our heart. There's nothing in this earth or outside of it that God cannot protect us from. And then it says the moon, and in the desert this day was, the day is unbearably hot and the, the night is freezing. And the moon is sometimes seen as a weird and mystical thing. But he protects us from both extremes. He, and from the intense hot, the cold, anything in between, if it's light or dark, whatever we face is what he's saying. He's our protection. Whatever things come our way, He can protect us from it. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even for evermore. Uh, the English standard said, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. He will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So just to make sure that we know what's going on and what He's trying to say, He says, He's going to preserve us from all evil and keep from all harm. Uh, hurt and harm are not the same thing. Uh, a hurt is a temporary thing or a pain. You know, sometimes we'll be hurt and we'll say, well, God says, you know, keep me from all harm. Why is this happening? But hurt and harm are the same thing. A hurt is a temporary thing and harm is more permanent. For example, if you're working and <laughs> at McDonald's, I always sort of, you know, lift with your legs, not with your back. But sometimes we wouldn't. I know. Don't tell me that. Sometimes you, would, you lift something the wrong way. You pick up something wrong and you hurt your back. Right? There's a pain that comes. I know a guy yesterday that hurt his back picking up a toy. I know a guy that flipped a, flipped a burger and pulled his back out. Wild. Sometimes we'll hurt ourselves or hurt our back and there'll be a pain. But if you, if you listen to the doctor's advice, generally it's rest and let it heal. And if you do that, you know, that'll go away for the most part. But if you don't, if you keep doing the thing, if you hurt your back and then, oh, I'm going to go move my neighbors tomorrow. Or I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go do that, and I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to work out, or whatever. If you keep going that way, you will harm your back so much that it may never be the same again. The Bible doesn't say that God will protect us from every little hurt in our life, because hurts come. Life can hurt sometimes. Pain happens, wounds take place, hearts are broken, and it would be ridiculous to expect that to never happen that would contradict 
over 50 Psalms, the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Lamentation, the lives of the apostles, even the life of Jesus. Hurts do come, but if we let God, he will protect us from the harm. If we let him, that pain won't last forever. You can be healed. It's not doesn't have to be a permanent thing. You may be hurt, you may break, you may experience pain, but it's not permanent. Revelation 21 and 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. So these hurts that we experience, these pains, God can deliver us from them. It may not be in this lifetime, it may be later, but there comes a day if we keep following Him that this will be gone, that it will not harm us, will not destroy us, will not bring us down. It's not going to last, it's not for ever. Trisha, it's time. And he ends the psalm with, the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forward, even for evermore. Or the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Coming and going means it's referring to our daily living. That's the way they expressed, expressed it in those days. It's just another reminder at the end here that he's looking over you as you go about your day, you're coming, you're going, when you're going to work, you're going to school, you're getting your groceries, you're paying the bills, or whatever you're doing, he's watching. Because, again, he cares. You don't watch something you don't care about. Right? I've told you before about Anne of Green Gables. Annabelle hates it. I don't know why. I've done everything I can. When she was little, we used to watch it, and she'd go to sleep. She had a hard time sleeping, so we put it on and put it to sleep, and she liked it then. Or maybe she didn't, that's why she went to sleep, I don't know. But now if I put it on, she'll just leave the room. Because she doesn't care. She won't watch a thing she doesn't care about. And people will look at their phone instead of what's around them because they care more about what's on that and what's happening there than sometimes where they're walking or what's going on around them. You don't watch what you don't care. What do people say? No, if you don't like it, don't watch it. You don't watch what you don't care about. He's watching you because he cares. Like it's already, Psalms already said, he's a loving father or a shepherd, he's watching, he's protecting and guiding and keeping from harm. This is just a simple message, not like this morning, but it's something I think we need reminded of every once in a while. Because sometimes it can feel like, or it doesn't feel like he's doing these things. Sometimes it doesn't feel like he's watching. It doesn't feel like he cares. It doesn't feel like he's protecting me because all these things are happening happening. Sometimes it doesn't feel like he's guiding or, or whatever, but he is. And Psalm 121 is one of 15 psalms called the Song of Ascent. Like I told you at the beginning, a leader would say a part, and then the group would say the next part. And this is a, a psalm that the, the Jews would sing as they went up the road to Jerusalem to sacrifice so many times a year. Well, the Levites would sing it as they climbed the stairs to the temple to sacrifice. They'd be traveling through some rough 
terrain and they would sing about God leading them and not wanting them to slip or fall and protecting them from the sun and the moon as they made their way to sacrifice. They made their way to Jerusalem. They sing the song as they made their way to worship their God. I'm coming to worship you. I know you're protecting me. As I follow your word, I know you're keeping me. As I'm loving you, I know you're watching over me. As I'm obeying you, I know that you're guiding me. This is when they would sing it. And it's a great song, but it's a song that's meant to be sung by people who are living for God, who are following his word and obeying him, people that are going on their way to, to sacrifice, their way to, to worship God. And there are some great promises in this song about protection and provision and God guiding us. And it really only applies to us if we are living for him, if we're following him and his word. We can't really claim these promises unless we're following him. Right? He's not really guiding our steps if you're going the wrong way. You're going to slip that way. You're going to fall that way. But if you are living for Him, if you are following Him, if you are sons and daughters of God that we talked about this morning, then these promises are for you. This is your song, if that's you. And that's, so tonight, we're just going to take some time. We're just going to claim these promises. If you're following Jesus with your whole heart, that's something that you can do tonight. And if not, well, you can start. If you need help, if you need protection or guidance or watching or love or healing, whatever the situation is, the, the word says that he has that for us. Whatever it is, the Lord is the answer. It all starts with a commitment to follow him. And so tonight we're gonna we're gonna pray and I wonder if we could just again commit and claim these promises. Uh, we've got things going on in our lives and they're, you know, some of us need the reassurance that this hurt isn't going to last forever. Some of us, we need to know that he's going to keep us from, from evil. He's going to preserve our soul. He's going to protect us from all these things. He's going to lead us and, you know, he's watching us and our help comes from him. And some of us, we need that reassurance tonight. So I wonder if we could just take some time as, as, as my wife sings and Find a place and just pray and claim these promises to Him. Read these songs to Him, whatever it is. Let's just claim these things. If we're living for Him, we're following Him, this is for you tonight. And if not, start following Him. And there you go. But if you need Him to lead, if you need Him to guide, if you need Him to help, if you need Him to protect, His Word says He does that. Let's claim these promises tonight. Jesus